Speaking of China, I like Chinese food. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actually, Ruben, what you like is Chinese American food. I like it too. I like. Anyways, welcome to the Mystery Podcast. Hey, hey, no, no, no! I'm still talking about Panda Express. <laughs> Include that in the intro. Welcome to the Mystery Meat Podcast. My name is Ruben. My co with me is my two co hosts. Uh, the meat and... today is orange uh, actually, chicken. I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. Zero out of <laughs> no. ten already. I want to talk about your Zero card extended um, work. He likes chili dogs. He likes chili dogs, you don't ask. He, I he hate chili yeah, dogs. Chili is overrated, and so are chili dogs. Fuck you. Dude, like, there's been so many reasons I've won podcasts, and that's gonna be another reason. Because you don't like chili. I mean, did you just hear. Okay, no. Wait, let me rephrase then. Sometimes I like sweet chili, but it, when you make it spicy, it's horrible. What? Also, Kareem can't be Sonic because Kareem dislikes chili dogs. Yeah. That's disqualifying. <laughs> you're Kareem, you're not Sonic. And I'm not fast. We're blue. You're not hedgehog. You're not? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ruben. Fuck you. But when I, when I showed you my quills, those were fun. That fucking breaks my heart so fucking... I don't... I, I can't believe you. <laughs> wow. You're getting depressed, know. just like how our first album is. <laughs> Alrighty, so the albums we got for you, we got three albums for you today. We got uh, four. We have four. No, we got four. Yeah, we got four. I forgot about those. Yeah, two. we got "Losing Sleep" by Secret Keeper, and then we have "Royal Blood" by Royal Blood. And no, there's like I said, there's not a song called "Royal Blood" on the Royal Blood album. Zero out of ten album because they no, needed a song called "Royal no. Blood." Yeah, and then they needed the, the chorus to just be royal blood, royal blood. <laughs> and then we have It's Immaterial by Black Marble. And then finally, yeah. for the last album for our review today, it's going to be Sonic Adventures OST. The 20th anniversary edition. Ooh, oh my, yeah. 20th anniversary. What, a what are yeah. you, a boomer? Uh, <laughs> yes. So come on, boys and gals, let's have a barbecue. So anyways, let's dip right into our first album, Losing Sleep by Secret Keepers. Uh, take it away, Robbie. Yeah. First, about the band. I don't have that much information on them. They are an alternative band out of Central Florida. They were formed in 2013 by vocalist Kyle Burrier and guitarist Thomas Philbert after they left a band they were in previously. And they wrote the band's debut single and the EP uh, before getting other people into the band. A year after that, they would release uh, this EP, Losing Sleep. So, yeah, technically this is not an album. Uh, again, blah, blah, just has to do with the track listing. In general, I liked this album. I mostly knew of it because of I Heard That You Died. Don't don't worry about when I found that song. It, it, I was depressed. Anyways, I, I think it's a good album. I enjoyed it. It reminds me of Power Electronics, except uh, not horrifically edgy. Also, there's it feels like there is a, kind of a screamo influence, but not really. It's very much alternative, and the reason I'm saying that is because that's just its genre. It's just alternative. It's not alt-rock, it's not alt-whatever, it's very indie, very alternative, very kind of experimental. Like, and I think it works pretty well. I don't know, it reminds me yeah. kind of like this, like, alt. It's like a mixture of, like, I hear, like, punk with, like, metal, obviously, and then, like, alternative stuff with it. And I get why it's probably just listed alternative, because it is a mix of a lot of that stuff, but that's what I get. The biggest vibe I get is, like, punk metal for me. I had a black metal-ish kind of 
feeling on it, and again, power electronics, which is noise of uh, genre of noise. I kind of did get a hint of indie alt rock in it, but not really. And part of that's because of how they do the vocals, because it's good. They do it good. This isn't Sex Pistols level bullshit. They have talent. It's just it's not you know your usual like singing or even yelling. It's different. I don't know how to really explain it. Here's the thing. I think for me, it's a kind of a case of a OTEP for me, where like some parts of the songs, like I'm going to say Left Alone, right? When he does his screaming, it feels a little out of place for me. I don't think it feels really right in the beginning. In the beginning when he does the screaming kind of vocals, right? Or it's not really, it's kind of screaming, but it's like more of like a low registered scream. Growling. Yeah, it's like almost like a growl. Some spots in some songs feel out of place. That's what I'm I'm getting at with his screaming. But everything else, like the singing, the instrumental arrangement, is pretty good. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good for EP. It's really good, honestly. And I, I do dig it. Um, there is some points where I do get that indie punk kind of rock feel. But not all the way. Yeah, I was really digging the... Because, like, the vocals and the way, like, it's growly and stuff really matches, like, the lyrics, too. Like, it really does feel like they're in pain, <laughs> which uh, is kind of thematically relevant to what's going on. And it's kind of, I, I don't know, I was, like, looking at the album art, and I wasn't necessarily sure what to expect. I kind of, well, I don't know what I thought, I was kind of thinking, like, something more like Bonnie Vare or something. But, like, I, I really was, I enjoyed this, and I, <laughs> I, I don't know, I was, like, headbanging to it, enjoying it, but, like, the more and more I paid attention to the lyrics, sometimes I'd, it takes me a while to like actually like pay attention to lyrics for some reason. But like it, then, then it gets me bummed out, you know. Kareem, yeah. back to your head banging. To this is very concerning. No, listen to the instrumental. That's Kareem. why I would head bang. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the, I know the, the instrumentals are pretty head bangy, dude. <laughs> I'm I'm making fun of you. But yeah, no, I actually think the screaming was well placed. I didn't really like Left Alone. I did like the other four tracks though, and especially I heard that you died. Yeah, those were all pretty. If we want to do ratings real quick, I think I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Because I kinda wanted more, honestly. I, I know it's just meant to be an EP, but I wouldn't have minded if they made it longer, like maybe add three or four more tracks on. Yeah. I think that's my main issue with that. With this too, I, I really want to hear more of them. I wouldn't mind suggesting more if you suggested more. Uh, I'll give this an eight because I, I really like them. Before I get my rating, just real quick, if I was going to go based off of the album cover, like seriously, because I did kind of for a moment there, I was like, oh, this might be like some really like not sappy, but like I thought it was going to be a chick because the yeah. album cover. I thought it was going to be like. This like gothic jazzy kind of like feel like I thought it was gonna be something like Nora Jones. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> that's probably <laughs> so. That's what I got, and then when I actually listened to it, I was like, oh, this is nothing like that. But I I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, Left Alone was probably the weakest track for me, but I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten as well. Okay, that's an eight out of ten overall mystery meat sticks, and oh god, Cream's lucky because only one of these albums should be a not full number. Ooh. Good job, Kareem. <laughs> I win again, baby. This animated drawing shows how a farrowing house without a guardrail permits the sow to lie on her offspring, causing injury or death. So tell us about Black Marble and its immaterial, and how you, haha, accidentally stumbled on this album. I was like, gee, I could use an album 
and Robbie, like, like the fucking uh, tooth fairy, <laughs> snuck this under my pillow. How dare you? I'm much more akin to Gizmo from. Well, Gremlins. you're more like I'm. I'm like I'm complimenting you when I say the tooth fairy, like the rock tooth fairy. I hate the tooth fairy. I'm not saying that's a good movie, dude. Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen the tooth fairy by the rock? Yes, it's horrible. <laughs> No, Ruby. I liked it's it as a kid. What? You fucking liked it? It's fucking bad. As a dumb kid? Yeah. yeah. Now, kid, probably yeah, not. Right, dog shit. Oh, it was, it was, it was dog shit. It was wow. horrible. How dare you? Anyways, All right, on. so yeah. Yeah, okay, tell us so about it. Black Marble is an American music project formed in 2011 in Brooklyn, New York. And it was led by an electronic musician known as uh, Chris Stewart. Well, known as. That's his fucking name. His name is Chris Stewart. And there was uh, another member uh, named Ty Cube, who was part of another electro-pop band uh, called Team Robespierre. And this is their second album, It's Immaterial, and it came out in 2016. This album was the first album that Black Marble had that became like a solo project, because I, I don't know the specific reasons, but Ty Cube left, so basically it was just Chris Stewart doing the rest of the music, and I don't really have that much beyond that. Uh... <laughs> They're, the, the information on them is pretty, so I'll just get into the album, and I want to say that, like, this is another album that's kind of, it's, I, I can't help but compare it to Talk Talks, It's My Life. It's kind of like the <laughs> more, like, moody, emo twin brother of it to me because it's, like, it's still got this, like, 80s vibe, and it's kind of this, like, it's, I'm not gonna say I'm blown away by it, or I personally like it as much as that album, but it's like another of those I would probably put on, turn my brain off. I'm probably not that wowed by it, but I, I do enjoy vibing to it. I liked how they were using like the marbles as kind of like a percussion instrument in a lot of the in, in some of the instrumental tracks, and I liked how the opening song interdiction had this like almost like weird haunted Atari game feel to it with like the screams and these weird like blipping noises. Uh, and a lot of like the vocals, the way it's done, it, it felt like I was kind of like in someone's brain. Like it was, I was like listening to the soundtrack of someone's memory the way it's like really echoey and has a really distant feeling to it i think this is an okay album that that's i think that's my main takeaway from this so uh what do you guys think about this and you know cream uh, that was a really insightful and thoughtful review that you gave he forgot and something I, I did what did he forget he didn't go over the album oh cover. yeah i didn't uh i mean the album covers okay i i mean i don't have i i, I, I won't deny it does look pretty cool. It, it's simple. I, I like it. I gave you information on the album cover too, Kareem, and you've forgotten it? Okay, Shit. so then <laughs> I, I'll I share what it is it real quick, notes. and then I'll let Ruben and get sorry. his review in. It's fine. So the girl on the cover is named Holly, and Chris and her were not friends at that this point. They later did, but essentially they took this picture, and she's from a, in a rock band called Automatic. Also, I don't know how I say her name, honestly. H-A-L-L-E. Is that Holly? Is that Hallie? Is that Hey Hal? I have no fucking idea. I'm horrible Holly. with English. Holly? Okay, good. Holly. Thank you. Holly. It's good that we have someone who knows the English language here. So, yeah, um, I, I kind of like the album cover. I, I like it for the simplicity. And uh, it made me expect female vocals on the yeah. album. But, yeah, Ruben, you review, and then I'll review. Yeah, what you got? I was just going to say, like, I really liked uh, Crane's review because I'm going to shit on it. <laughs> yeah, I 
didn't think this was good at all. I feel like this drained the life out of me. It did. I liked, uh, I'm going to say one good thing about it is the instrumentals are pretty nice. The instrumentals are nice. But the singing, when it comes to the singing part, I... I gotta tell you, like, it's a drag. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like how they use the special effects on the vocals. I can't understand 99% of what they're saying. And I get lost. And, like, if I don't look up the lyrics, uh, then I'm not going to understand what they're saying. And it just kind of was a mid album for me I, I don't really have much to say on it like i i'm just gonna say the only good thing about it was the instrumentals for me i'm in between you two because i'm also kind of partially gonna shit on it track by track almost i did actually like most of the tracks i don't know if i'll come back to them certain tracks like interdiction and iron lung i did not like interdiction was just kind of weird instrumentally and i guess it was okay but it felt like too much almost it felt overstimulating woods is a track that was giving me kind of a headache and it wasn't in like the fun way where it kind of feels like a drug with april spool that sweet saccharine way that album did it for me no and in this way it was literally like if i was getting a fucking headache so i'm like okay screw this track i'm done the last track colin or colleen um is literally does not need to be on here uh most of this album the tracks i did like so the ones i didn't just name uh honestly i think they work as like sleep music in a way like they would fit in vr chat which is you know not a great thing and not a terrible thing but i'm not praising this album i feel lukewarm on it I, I got that it was synth pop. I got the... Because, yeah, it felt like Talk Talk. And, I mean, it's supposed to. They're the same genre. But it's like I would rather listen to Talk Talk again. And my opinion on that album had already been, I don't need more Talk Talk. I went into this with higher, high expectations because it was an indie project. I liked the album cover. And, you know, synth pop is not a, a terrible genre for me, I don't think. But this was just uh, disappointing, honestly. I'd rather inhale gasoline. <laughs> My opinion is nicer than Ruben's. Keep that on the record. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't really disagree too much, because, I, I mean, I think this is okay. It, it's not, I'm not, like, that wowed. I am kind of disappointed, but uh, if we if we move in the ratings, I'll, I'll give this a 7. I think that's probably the nicest I could be to it. I could honestly give it a 6 in theory, but I think I'll, I'll give it a 7, because I'll probably go back to it at some point, so... I'm going to give it a 6. I almost dropped it to a 5, but uh, I did like most of the songs again. It's just I don't know if I want to really return to any of them. And I do think that, like, lyrically, if you want sad, depressing, you know, emo music, there's a hundred better places you can go, and they aren't going to be classic places necessarily, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. If I was high off heroin, this would be like an 8 out of 10. But I'm not, so this is about a 5 out of 10 for me. Okay, and that is 6 out of 10 mystery meat sticks. Woo! Yay, that's some pretty rotten meat sticks. <laughs> rotten? <laughs> They're rotten, yeah. that's above a 5. That's, uh, it could have been better. <laughs> you know, I almost did fuck with Kareem and give it a 5.5, but I know he would cry. <laughs> <laughs> the Paragon of the Chicken House. So tell us about Royal Blood, Ruben. Yeah. Alrighty. So Royal Blood. Uh, Royal Blood is a British rock band uh, duo that was formed in Worthing uh, in 2011. And I think that's Worthing Chapel. Or like, no, that's Worthing. Are uh, they worth it? <laughs> uh, 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 I think they're worth it. 
Uh, anyways, the, it consists of vocalist and bassist Mike Kerr and Ben, a drummer Ben Thatcher. And so it's it's only uh, two people that actually make uh, any of the songs on the albums, which is pretty cool considering how like experimental it can be and like how he kind of pushes the bass. And they kind of use what what he does is his playing style. He uses like various effects pedals and amps to make his bass guitar sound like an electric guitar and a bass guitar at the same time. So it's actually pretty cool that he does that. And that's Mike Kerr. And the drummer, I think the drummer's pretty sick, honestly. I think he's, uh, that's one thing you kind of like really get out at the band is the drums because like there's only two, it's only a two piece rock band. So when I first listened to this album that we're, we'd listened to Royal Blood, this particular album came out in 2014. So it was already out for like a year before I listened to it, but like I listened to it like because. I didn't listen to the radio for the longest time, and then I turned it on the rock station, and um, I heard Out of the Black, and that was pretty good. And I just started listening to them off of because I, I was interested in that song, and I just started listening to them. I was like, "Damn, these guys are pretty rocking!" And when I found out they're only a two-piece band, that really blew my mind. But I would say my strongest uh, like song on this album would be like Figure It Out. So they're kind of like a uh, mixture of like stoner rock, blues rock, garage rock, hard rock, obviously. But you you kind of get the gist. They're kind of like a fun band with kind of like fun tunes to me. When I went into it, I was kind of expecting another like mid album like Otep was, admittedly. I came out of this actually really liking it. It's not necessarily, I don't think it's deep necessarily, but I do think it's fun to listen to. I think it's kind of similar to Aerosmith, except there's more of a kind of grunge feel to it. I enjoyed listening to it. It's not necessarily as good as Toys in the Attic, I would say, but I still honestly would love to return to this band at some point or even just listen to this album again, honestly. Most of the album songs, like if you... I mean, it's it revolves all around the riffs because that that's kind of just like what the main focus is. If you're only gonna have a two piece band, gotta find kind of a niche for something, you know? It's pretty crazy that it's only two people. There's also not a single skip on this album. Yeah. Um, that's not to say you know it's a classic. I don't necessarily think it is, but I still think it's really good, and I think it's worth listening to. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, and it kind of. I, I don't know if it's accurate, but it did kind of remind me of Highly Suspect a bit. I, I was really enjoying it. And also, the album art, I think, is really neat. I, I love the, like, this force being part of, like, the clothes, the lady's clothes, and the, the space being, like, the hair and the face. And the artwork was done by Dan Hillier. So the work's called Pachamama, which is the Quechuan word for Mother Earth. It's pretty cool. I, I would love that as like a poster or some shit. It, it was really neat. Dude, it is a pretty neat fucking uh, album art. It's kind of a uh almost like mesmerizing yeah. especially if you're like a stone <laughs> yeah i could see that shit moving if i was high as fuck <laughs> i don't know if you would see it moving but definitely you'd be like oh my god this looks so cool <laughs> yeah there's really not much because they're kind of like a more recent band i mean they've only been around for maybe less than i would say 10 years probably no i would say a little bit more than 10 years but they've only had about three albums out uh so there's really not much from them actually i remember also seeing them play one of their singles from another album i think it's their second i only like when i love you and i saw that on conan and they were really good they were actually fantastic on there so they're really good live as well and i think that's a that's kind of a bonus point to it 
Like, if you go to one of their shows, you probably won't be disappointed. You know what I mean? That's that's also kind of a point I like to go towards. If you're going to be a musician, you know, and you're going to go entertain people, go entertain people. So, like, an example, like, Jay-Z, you know, like, I might not like all of Jay-Z songs, but I think Jay-Z is a fantastic entertainer. You know, like I've told Robbie, he's Jay-Z is his own hype man. You know what I mean? <laughs> but just get on to uh, ratings for me real quick, if it's yeah. all right. I'm going to give this album a nice <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. I honestly, I could see giving it a nine, but I, I think eight's fine. I, I really do enjoy this. I think I'll go back to it again. Hey, Kareem. Yeah. Guess what? There's a decimal. <laughs> That's an eight point three out of ten mystery meat no. sticks overall. Dude, he's gonna explode, dude. You can't, you can't put a decimal in there, bro. Well, stop shit. I don't remember if I drew that one. Oh, God, that's our first decimal since the beginning of the year. The moment of truth comes when the stakes are turned. Because once turned, there's no turning back. Anyways, um... Anyways, um, so, uh... Sonic you. I yeah, mean, Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> yeah, Sonic the I Hedgehog. am rating this Christian and the Hedgehog <laughs> Boys album a 10 out of... One, um, it was that good. Right. Now let's discuss the Sonic Adventure OST. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, one of the greatest and most attractive characters ever thought up. He could run at sound so, speed, so, so much, take then. out enemies in a flash. And best Wait, a little it. person somewhere on YouTube made a made a character of him. Yeah, we were fondly. Wait, did you just say most handsome? Yeah, and he knows how to handle yeah. the females. Okay, but he's not played by Danny DeVito. He can't. He be. was voiced by Jaleel White. You know, <laughs> Who? Steve Urkel. And that's not the voice mm, of a Chad. But not when Urkel was sexy. And what? Was that nerd. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, Urkel is the character. Urkel is the I'm, nerd. The I'm thinking this. The guy's name I know. Is I know. His name's Jaleel White, but what I'm saying is, God damn it, Kareem's wrong. No. Keep telling us about the OST, okay, damn so it. Yeah. Now, in all seriousness, uh, this is the 20th anniversary edition of uh, the soundtrack of Sonic Adventure 1, which came out in 1998. Uh, it's like, uh, it's a speed platform game, if you know what, like, Sonic the fucking Hedgehog is. This was their first big 3D game. And it kind of started, uh, I, I guess, what what's usually called, like, the modern Sonic era, which is primarily, like, 3D games. And the classic was, like, the 2D. The, the success of this entire game kind of started a new, like, generation in the franchise. A, a new a new sonoration. <laughs> yeah. Just remember that if people don't know what who the hell Sonic is outside of the movies uh, from a few years back, they're probably Zoomers. Listen, I don't know what Sonic is. Please explain. Sonic is like Mario, but fast and edgy. No, no, he's not I mean, at all. Yeah, he is. It's a, Sonic is a speed platform. It, it is. Yeah, it yeah no, Sonic was made to, to compete with Mario. Yeah. Sonic's better. Shut the fuck up. Mm, no, he I mean, is. I like Sonic I, more, but... <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy the Sonic games. Seriously, I enjoy them more than Mario games. I have less experience with Mario, sadly. A lot I mean, more. You know, that's that's fair. That's that's not terrible, but that's because I also don't really like platformers. So that's why I, I would agree. I love platformers. I do. This uh, soundtrack, there's technically, well, there's multiple musicians involved in this. And one of them is the Sega Sound Team, which is also known as the SST Band. And they're Sega's official, like, in-house band. And they ran from 1988, 1993. They didn't just do stuff for Sonic. I think they did some other games. I'm not entirely sure. Also, we have the infamous Crush 40, which if you know anything about Sonic music, we're, we're gonna... You're gonna hear about the Crush 40. 
They're, they're the first ones that are fucking nations. And they're a Japanese-American hard rock band formed by Jun Senoue and vocalist Johnny Chiwelli. I hope I got those right. And uh, <laughs> they're butt rock. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like, that's, yeah. yeah um, that's, that's, I um, hated them. They are butt rock. So do you, do you want my thoughts on Crush 40 and the Sonic OST, Kareem, or... Wait, give me one second. I, okay. I just wanted to also mention that um, Jun Sunawe was also Sega's composer and sound director. So outside of, like, Crush 40, he was also doing, like, stuff in the actual soundtrack outside of the, the Crush 40 stuff. Crush 40 did, like, music for nine Sonic games. So basically, a lot of the games that were part of this modern era, and I think this was their, like, I guess their big start in terms of, like, um, music. Uh, and <laughs> if you don't know what butt rock is, it, it, it's kind of similar to, like, Limp Bizkit, that'd be an example of butt rock. There's a lot of, like, stuff around being, like, it, it, like, it gives off the idea of, like, well, it's it's weird, right? Because, like, I feel like I can understand what butt rock is, even if I don't have, like, a perfect definition. It's like being a hormonal teenage boy. Yeah, like, imagine you're an angsty 13-year-old and you want to punch yeah. a wall. That's, that's yeah. the music. All you want to do is punch a wall and, and fuck a pie. As an eternally <laughs> angsty 13-year-old, I take offense to that. How fucking dare you compare grunge to shit 40? All right, so let's get oh, into God. it, because I, I love this. I'll, well, I'll, I'll say I like the soundtrack, but I'll explain later. What is it? Okay. What do you guys think? So, this was an out. So, you remember how on God of War we didn't finish it, Kareem, and you said three uh, tracks aren't going to change my opinion, yet it would have bu- boosted my uh, rating from an eight to a nine? Well, on here, there was the opposite effect of it. If I skipped this uh, Crush 40 shit, it'd probably be at a nine. But it's not, because I do not like Crush 40 whatsoever. I have no idea who thought hiring them was a good idea. And I wish the Japanese did not embrace butt rock around the 90s and early 2000s. Because I don't think it's charming. I don't think it's nice. I think it's just kind of shit. Um, anyways, aside from that, the album was alright. A lot of it kind of felt like knockoff Mario. There were some tracks I liked. But in general, I don't think it was really as strong as the God of War soundtrack or the Automata ones. And I I kind of feel like we almost shouldn't even compare this to them because those games are much more there's more depth this is going to sound really elitist i don't mean it to but there's just those soundtracks are meant to be interpreted differently than this one i get the point of this one is meant to be basically just fun that's it and even then though i still kind of would prefer a mario soundtrack or a wow one or there's a lot of soundtracks i would just prefer over this personally yeah i'm gonna have the opposite because i thoroughly enjoyed this maybe it's because i like sonic and i really didn't really mind crush 40 honestly uh, but I don't really mind like bands like Limp Bizkit. Uh, I don't mind the butt rock kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, some of it can be kind of annoying, but really all in all, like I thought it was a pretty banging soundtrack. Uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't as good in meaning as like God of War near Automata, but I think for a video game soundtrack and its right, I think it holds up pretty well. I, I'll also add this. I feel bad for Limp Biscuit that you guys are calling them butt rock because I would rather <laughs> listen to Limp Biscuit than Crush 40. And remember, I did give Significant Other a 5 out of 10. Yeah, you did. You did. Crush 40 is the greatest fan in the world. I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I hate I, you. I, I really... I, see, here's the thing with, like, game soundtracks, at least for me. It's like, how can I not divorce... How could I divorce my love of the game with the soundtrack? You know what I mean? At a certain point. 
because I do really love the soundtrack from start to finish in a lot of ways. I, I love I, I love the Emerald Coast theme. I love the, the fucking Mystic Ruins. I love Crush 40. The Station Square theme's always in my fucking head when I'm just, like, walking around doing shit. I, I don't know. It's it's, it's just... I, which is kind of weird. I didn't even grow up with this game, but I, I love playing it. And, um, yeah, if we're gonna do ratings, I'm gonna give it a 9. But there's a... Like, I, I could give it lower... And this is a petty reason that, like, what, what we just listened to isn't even the entire soundtrack, technically. The the Anniversary Edition has some tracks from, uh, well, okay, here, here's how it works. If, if we actually wanted to listen to the actual soundtrack for this game, we'd have to listen to Sonic Adventure Original Soundtrack Volume 1, Sonic Adventure Original Soundtrack Volume 2, half of Sonic the Hedgehog Passion and Pride anthems with attitude from the Sonic Adventure era. Like, it, we'd have to listen to, like, basically three albums to actually get, like, the full experience, because this album, it's missing, like, a bunch of character songs, like, you don't, like, it doesn't matter is Sonic's character song, Open Your Heart is his character song for the final boss, but it's missing Tails' character song, it's missing Knuckles' character song, and you get to play as those characters in this game. Uh, it's just kind of a shame that, like, this is the 20th anniversary edition, but it still misses out on, like, a lot of tracks that I think should have been in and should have been represented. If I was being really petty, I could give this a, a six just for that. But I'm going to give it a nine because I like this game and I like the soundtrack. So, um, in defense of my opinions on Crush Party and the soundtrack, I'm not saying it needs meaning. The Kingdom Hearts soundtrack, I think, honestly works even though it doesn't really sound like it needs a meaning half the time. The Kingdom Hearts 3 one doesn't have meaning. <laughs> Anyways, um... <laughs> it's a shit uh, game. <laughs> wow. it's mid as fuck yeah i'd say it's mid i i don't need meaning in it it's just with a lot of this for whatever reason i didn't and i like sonic i guess i don't necessarily like sonic as much as these two do but i just didn't feel that into it as they did like there were i like the emerald coast tracks i like the casinoopolis track the chow theme was cute the run for speed highway was cute egg carrier good and there, again there's some good ones on here it's just i didn't really feel that strongly about the whole thing if we're doing ratings i'm i'm going to give it a nine out of ten despite uh crush 40 and you know even if it's not a finished ost i think i would still be on a nine out of ten with the whole thing anyways personally it's just there'd be more tracks i'd like yeah so uh what's the final oh um that's gonna be another decimal buddy no <laughs> oh yeah that is gonna be a 9.3 out of 10 overall mystery meat sticks i'm blaming sonic time to eat okay so um what are we doing next time for, uh, for next week well i'm going to suggest a kind of obscure but probably not really album um it's pink moon by nick drake all right and uh what do you got reuben i got come away with me by Nora jones this is probably rare because this is not uh, a rock album or a metal album that i usually suggest uh this is the remastered 2022 edition so pretty good all right and uh speaking of come i'm gonna blow a load in your ear <laughs> with a load by metallica uh wow neither of you suggested rap i'm extremely depressed i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> but uh I, i've been meaning to suggest this one for a while i think i fucking talked about it like months ago or some shit so i i'm i'm we're finally gonna do it i really like this album from what i've heard of it and is metallica butt rock I feel like it kind of is. No, what, what are we? Know. So all butt rock is is an insult. That's yeah, but it. I, 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 I like saying butt it's rock. not an actual genre. I, I would Metallica, not call Metallica butt rock. Well, Metallica I dislike them, metal. so yes, it is. But I mean, that's only because I dislike them. Wow. Maybe I'm thinking of singing. butt rock. 
don't know. It's like with people saying mumble rap. That does not exist. Mumble rappers do not exist. That's just an old head way of being a hip-hop boomer. And if you think mumble rappers exist, get some fucking taste. Hip-hop's not dead. Exist. How about that, motherfucker? What? What, Ruben? Yeah. They exist. Mumble rappers exist. Well, you're like 40-something, so, oh, you know. Yeah, you're mumbling right now. I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> That's okay, 80-year-old. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we also have your surprise OST uh, review that we are going to do, and that is Clive Barker's Undying Soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's Robbie. One of Robbie's. Yeah, and Kareem knows about it too, and Ruben has no idea what the hell a Clive Barker is. Yeah, he's a no. I know Clive Barker. Clive Barker's a fucking author. I know who Clive Barker is. Is he Ruben? Are you sure? You're disappearing. Yeah, You're disappearing now. That's it. You know too much. No, 